Hey you, over there, with your looming deadline. You've got a great mind, but your butts aren't doing you any favors. So, stop whining and start writing. Right after you procrastinate with the love writing doctors, Lee and Allison. Welcome to the inaugural, originary, germinal, preeminent, cardinal episode of Love Writing Podcast. I'm Allison, an exiled academic turned writer and freelance editor. And I'm Lee, a rhetorical scholar, a tenure track academic, and a wannabe freelancer. And together, we are the Love Love Writing Doctors. (laughs) We'll get it one day. So, Lee, what's the biggest excuse coming up for you right now to kick off our first episode? Writer's block, Allison. Write all the writer's block. But writer's block. I love what James Baldwin says about writer's block. He says, quote, talent is insignificant. I know a lot of talented ruins. Beyond talent lie all the usual words, discipline, love, luck, but most of all, endurance. And I think as this quote sort of points out, and this is, you know, James Baldwin says it way more eloquently than I could, but what he's getting at here is when he says, I know a lot of talented ruins, all of those talented ruins claim to have writer's block. I don't think I believe in writer's block. I don't think Jimmy believes in writer's block. I think it's a way of saying I'm not prioritizing writing in my life, or I need to justify my inaction and laziness, or it's just about not writing at all. And I think this writer's block. It's like uh, baseball players get so superstitious about what socks they wear. It's like to whisper the word writer's block around a writer and we're all just waking in our boots. But I don't think it's a real thing. What about for you, Lee? It also makes me think of what's Audre Lorde said, that poetry is not a luxury. Exactly. It's sort of like, it would be hilarious to walk up to James Baldwin or Audre Lorde and be like, you know, I just... I have writer's block and I can't decide to write about when you're writing a 19 page essay about uh, a film about like themes and good girls on Netflix. They would just look at you and be like, oh, uh, why don't you just do it? Because you're not writing for survival like anyone else's. Right. Well, and I also think they would do it of like, why do you have such an antagonistic relationship to writing where you are proclaiming yourself block in that you're sort of self-actualizing a block? I think it's like a snake eating its own tail. I think it's an utter bullshit excuse. Like in the other way to think about it the generous read or whatever is um it's like yeah you are of course like yeah you're blocked all the time so what i think when you read people who are highly prolific i mean especially people like eve sedgwick who i mean wrote like their greatest work when they were dying of cancer oh my right? god i mean audra lord too cancer right. is not an excuse it's like well it also was like yeah of course i'm blocked what i have cancer what does that have to do with writing what does right. you being blocked have to do with writing because obviously you're blocked you haven't written anything yet right the block is the impetus to write yes exactly exactly James Baldwin, he had such a difficult relationship with writing because what he was writing about was the civil civil rights movement and the failure of it. And that's why, I mean, I've been reading him a lot just because, damn, he had a way with words. But he writes so compellingly about like the desperation and the sense of the sort of pointlessness of what do we do when we failed at this project or, you know, things were not the winners here. And, and I think that for a lot of people, they conflate writer's block with, but I don't really believe in what I'm writing anymore, or I don't even know if I'm even really that good, or like, but what does it matter? And I think that for me, writer's block, whenever I hear somebody like not actually using that term in a sincere way, they're always 
sort of feeling like there's no point to what they're writing. And the thing about all writing is, is if you're a writer, you have to write to live. But also like that's the only joy that we have is believing in what we're writing about. And if you believe in the importance of what you're writing about, writer's block becomes this luxury excuse you get to use when you want to take all of June off instead of diving into that article you got to finish. A lot of us read critical theory. I mean, again, like this is the first episode. Who the fuck knows what any of you all are reading? Audience, hello. Thanks for joining us. But you know, I assume you've read some Audre Lorde or some Eve Sedgwick or some James Baldwin or like some Jose Munoz. Like, I mean, people who, you know, suffered not only as writers, but as people in the world who nobody read because they were like the one, like Ansel Dua was the one Latinx lesbian writing. Was I think Ansel Dua was a lesbian, right? Either way. But writing at its, like nobody was, she knew nobody was going to read her shit. Exactly. Anyway. And so to, yeah. think, to think that Ansel Dua sat down at her fucking old typewriter in her like apartment, knowing no one cared a shit about who she was or what she did and didn't have writer's block. Like, do you think she felt like writing every day? Do we think no. Ansel Dua just woke up in the morning like, I want to write some stuff. Let's sit down and write with my coffee and my air conditioning. There's no, it belittles their effort to think that it was because they felt like it and you don't. Truly. It's a privilege thing. I, I'm, I love that you brought that point up because I think lately, I mean, you know, I started with a blog that went nerd viral and then blog, Roxane Gay declared blogs dead. And now I have a newsletter and I myself am like, I don't read all my newsletters that I'm subscribed to. And one thing that has kept me going through all of this is one, I believe in the importance of what I'm writing. And two, and maybe this is a selfish, not a selfish reason, but for me, I have to understand that the joy of what I'm writing comes in the act of writing it. So as long as I get to write most of the time, it doesn't matter to me if nobody's reading it because I just need to write it. And that's, I think that kind of imperative is what you need to have to write with any sort of gumption wherever you're publishing, but especially in academia. I, I think you have to be very clear with your mission and why you're writing and why what you're writing about is important. And if you are clear on those priorities, writer's block, that's not a real excuse. I mean, we can talk about depression or anxiety or a lack of self-esteem. Those are all very tangible things that I struggle with on a daily basis, but I wouldn't say I struggle from writer's block. Would you, Lee? Yeah. Or it's like, well, yeah, I struggle with it literally all the time. Right. I just don't know what that has to do. Yeah, of course I do. I'm a writer. Right. It's like, yeah, if I weren't a writer, I wouldn't struggle with writer's block or I literally would be a block. Cause I mean, I know people who don't like writing. They don't want to write. Mm -hmm. They are not, have not been trained to write. They want to paint, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have writer's block the way I have painter's block in the sense that I don't <laughs> because it is a block. Like I actually right. can't do it. Right. I have a, I have a mixed martial arts block. I don't hop in a cage and right. fight people. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like if you actually want to claim writer's block, great. That means you're done. So quit trying to write. I mean, great. You're, so you have writer's block. Exactly. Like in my, in my younger days as a writer, when I was still toiling away in academia, I think I let myself use the excuse of writer's block a lot. And I think it's because, you know, we all work too much. And there's something so luxurious about, for me, at least in taking a break from writing, it's sort of, I mean, like, I've never done heroin, but I, I imagine it's something similar in terms of the endorphin rush of I am not sitting at this document struggling to say what I know needs to be said, but somehow cannot spit it out. There's something really seductive mm -hmm. and alluring about that and I think that's the self-pitying logic of writer's block right yeah well and it makes me think 
think of Easter, weirdly enough, because I'm not religious, but Easter just happened. And it's like, so there's some story and somebody correct, anybody can feel free to correct me because I don't actually know the story, but it's like, so Jesus is in a tomb and there's like a stone rolled in front of it, if I'm correct. Uh, yes. Indeed. And then Jesus somehow just like mag, and Jesus somehow like magically just gets out, right? Um, I don't think Christians would call it magic. I think they would call well, it. Well, you know what I'm saying. Nobody came and rolled the stone out. Did and, somebody and roll the out. stone? We don't know. I think it's just the stone was rolled back the next day. Okay. Well, and in either case, it's like, okay, so in this case, think of how martyring this is. That it's like, oh, I'm in my cave. Oh, and my someone God. someone has rolled the block. <laughs> I'm in my writing cave and someone has rolled the stone in front of my door. And I just like need someone to come and move the stone. I mean, it has like a very Christian mm-hmm. symbolism to it. That like, oh, if no, why won't someone move the stone? It's like, well, because you put the stone exactly. there. Exactly. It's your stone. Go roll it out of the way. Like somebody else. Yeah. If somebody locks you in... <laughs> in a cave and rolls a giant boulder in front of you and you don't have a laptop or internet or anything to read and nothing to write with and no pencil and no and no rock to scratch on the wall you do in fact have writer's block like i'll give you that there you go there you go you gotta wait for somebody to come let you out but assuming that you like me are sitting in a you know office or a coffee shop with a cup of coffee and your your general health and something to write on if, if not a napkin and a pen right like, you don't have writer's block you have that somebody put there you have your block in the way of your writing. i mean to to bring up britney's spirits which i think is directly related to jesus christ um yeah for sure she wrote some of her greatest hits on napkins but also i want to go back to this idea of a rock being rolled in front of a cave entrance and trapping you inside of it because i think that actually really explains like the writing experience because sometimes you need to be trapped in a cave and you need to figure your you need to figure out how to get out of it yourself And like Jesus had to die and like come back as a ghost spirit, whatever. We don't know that because it's it's a made up story. Sorry, Christians, whatever. Um, But we don't we don't really know what happened to this mythical man when he was trapped in that cave. But we assume some sort of transformation took place because he goes into the cave dead, comes Mm. out alive. And I I think like when Mm. I have you know, when I'm almost done with an essay and it's been agonizing and horrible to write and I'm swearing I'm never going to write again, coming out, like finishing that essay and turning it in because you're never really done with it. So when you have to turn it in, it's like stepping out of that cave and getting a fresh of breath air, like a breath of fresh air and being like, I did this myself. Mm. I got myself out of this cave. But I also think that writer's block is a way of avoiding being in that cave. Yeah. Because sometimes you just have to sit in the fucking cold, damp, dark of a cave and be like, everybody's forsaken me. My friends narked me out. I'm going to get out of this situation myself. <laughs> also, I would just like to let the listener know we did not plan this Jesus cave metaphor. That's just how good we are. <laughs> So be excited about that. Exactly. It's a simulacrum. It's a simulacrum of a simulacrum. Well, it also just proves that it's, like, it's, all, it's all a mind trap. Sometimes you got to riff. Sometimes you just have to start. And and But you bring up a good point. It's like, okay. Exactly. When, and we'll get into this in the next episode because for those of you listening, since, um, well, actually for all of us because we've never done this before, this is our bitching episode and then we're going to follow up with a what do you do about it episode. So if right now you're like, where are exactly. my strategies? It's like, you don't get any strategies for another like seven minutes and then we'll give you strategies. But one thing you can think about is like, if I have writer's block, 
block. And I'm thinking about the block part of that word. Who put the block there and what is the block? Because sometimes the block is like, right. uh, I just found out that I'm being, I'm a house burned down and I have writer's block. It's like, okay, in this right. case, the block is the not your fault desolation of your being and perhaps like a bunch of bad shit on the other end of it. Like maybe that's a time where you're like, yeah, I have, yeah. I have a block and it's not a block. I right. can just move through right. sheer force of will. I think I choose to call my depressive episodes not writer's block, but they do feel a lot like writer's block. And I've always, you know, I've struggled with depression my whole life and I'm just naturally anxious. Mm. And when I am low, like when my serotonin's just not really doing it enough, Mm -hmm. I can't think clearly and I cannot write. So perhaps I do believe in a form of writer's block because it's really frustrating. I mean, you know, we we were talking last week and I was like, my mind is not in this. I got to go rest and come back. And it's such a fine, I mean, I was agonizing because I'm anxious and always worrying about things. I was agonizing with my therapist, like, am I giving myself an excuse to not write or am I just burned out? And she didn't have an answer for me. So I fired her, but perhaps there isn't an answer. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's similar for me. It's like, I used to try on the weekends. I'm a part-time caregiver to my dad. So I do it six months out of the year and he lives about two hours away. And my brother does it the other six months because he moves moves home to take care of him. And and frankly, my dad is fine. He's decided Mm. to basically just live it's hard white male entitlement for the rest of his life and as a result he actually is it's mm-hmm. going into very poor health but it's not anything he couldn't have prevented mm-hmm. so I have very complicated feelings yeah. about being a caregiver to him and I yes. used to be like oh well Absolutely. when he falls asleep in his chair and dinner's made I'll write for two hours I would repeatedly get there to his cold cat urine Fox News war movie filled house and Ugh. I did not feel at four o'clock like I could come up with anything to write about this mm-hmm. like race and painting because I felt so defeated and mm-hmm. frustrated Mm-hmm. And at that time, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I choose to believe that maybe, again, I didn't believe I was blocked, but in the sense that when I was a noob first learning how to do this, I would have been like, you know what? Okay. If I'm going to think I have writer's block right now, I'm going to just tell the truth, which is like, I'm not in a headspace to write. And that's okay because this is a lot. And I'm allowed to be like, this right. is a lot. Stop telling yourself you'll write on these Saturdays because you're obviously just not going to. But I wasn't like mythically blocked by some magic. Exactly. Yeah. And I know this is a subject for a different episode but I think when like this this whole conception of writer's block of like not literally when you like can't think through it and you can't bring yourself to be present with the page that means your brain energy is being taken up by other shit in your life and because writing is so strenuous and because it requires such an intense level of self-awareness I think that we get caught up of like if we're not writing every day or if we're not writing to this set schedule then therefore we are not writing and it's writer's block therefore we might as well just give up and eat a whole pint of ice cream yeah it's sort of like sometimes and this has been very difficult for me because I'm type a and a chronic overworker and from a family of chronic overworkers and so it's very much in the culture of like what do you mean you're burned out you just keep going but for me one thing that I think as I came into my own as a writer what I realized was sometimes I need to take five days off from writing Mm. but I'm going to come back stronger when I return Mm -hmm. and it's just I I think for me, it's about taking that leap of faith that yes, I will return to this project. I just have to take care of myself first. Yeah. And I think it's fine to think you have writer's block. I think you just have to understand what you're making that mean. So again, if what you're saying is like, I have writer's block because I need a break and I'll be back in five days, that feels a lot different than oh, I have writer's block for the 30th day in a row. And we've all gone. I mean, there have been times in my life I did not write for months, even though every day I tried and I just kept saying like, oh, I have writer's right. block, but I didn't think about why I didn't think about what am I making this mean I didn't think about like do 
why, because nobody ever says like, oh, my kid needs their diaper changed, but I have a parenting block or like, oh, I need to go to the store. I have a driving block. People just don't say that about anything else except creative pursuits that are just fucking hard and challenging because they're supposed to be. Because if they weren't, you wouldn't be doing anything worth doing. Exactly. And it's like everything worth doing is hard and horrible. And, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves the lie that the next book will be easier to write. Um, And then the second book, you know, the lie continues. But it's it's really, I think, to sort of wind down the episode. And and I I really love this Jesus rolling (laughs) a rock, rock in front of the cave entrance metaphor, because the thing that drives me crazy about writer's block is because it's always the end of the sentence. It's like, but writer's block. Right, right. And, and you're like, but like you have, but you're, it's almost as if just saying writer's block, you're blocking yourself from really investigating what it is that's holding you back. And I think that's where writer's block gets suspiciously self-pitying. And because of that reason, I want to close again on the James Baldwin quote before we uh, well, b- kick before off. Before you do that, before you do that, let me say, because I've been thinking about something. It's like, okay, so if I think the thought I have writer's block or I'm telling people I have writer's block or I like in the vague ether, like after this podcast, I'm supposed to go, I have a time to write from three to three 30. What if after this episode, I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to write about this topic. Oh, I have writer's block. It's like the very least I can do for myself. is just like, think about what I actually mean. And in the past couple of days to prep for this episode, I've been listening to my thoughts about writing. Mm. And here's what the words are that I really am thinking when I'm thinking I have writer's block, right? I don't know what I'm trying to say. This essay is a mess. Mm. I'm never going to figure out this mm-hmm. argument or how to organize this or whatever. Who cares about this? Like it makes no contribution. Like, where's my contribution to the field? Peer reviewers are going to nail me on my citations. I don't have enough theory. So I haven't written a word in almost four weeks. And that's coming off a long streak of real productive. Well, mostly thanks to you being my developmental. You have. Yeah. I haven't written in almost four weeks because I just keep thinking while well, I'm blocked, but I'm not blocked. I am putting blocks in front of me about an essay that I know I'm capable of mm. writing because I'm thinking bullshit. So I wanted to just kind of throw that out there. Yeah. Before you take us home with James Jesus Baldwin. Yeah, with Jimmy with Jimmy Baldwin. Well, I was just going to comment on, you know, the simulacrum of Plato's cave. I would be remiss as a humanities PhD if I didn't bring this also into the conversation because like sometimes you're in a real cave, right? Like depression mm-hmm. or whatever, self-exile to get it done. But sometimes you're in a fake cave looking at a simulacrum of a simulacrum of a simulacrum. And that's when you become the snake eating its own tail and a pity party monster. Pity party monsters, right. Yep. Pity party monsters. So stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to therapize your writing butts so that you are no longer a pity party monster that nobody likes to be around. And make a case for the love of academic writing. See you then. See you then. That's all they wrote, y'all. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more love, connect with Lee and Allison on social media and submit a request to get your writing therapized for free. It's all in the episode show notes. Now get that cute butt writing. XOXO. Love, academic writing.